Hey, Adam. Yeah. Why are you uh, in such a hurried uh, mood today? Well, because, uh, you know, I got I to gotta pick up my kids from vacation care. <laughs> Is that like a new... <laughs> What 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 next will they think of <laughs> vacation? It's a, here? it's a whole new world out here in 2020, bro. <laughs> That's right. I'm Adam Manisbrough, and I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily music advice coming at you. Coming at you day two of 2020. That's right. I'm already bored. How's your 2020 going so I'm far? super bored of it already, man. <laughs> I'm, ready to, I'm ready to go I'm bored 2021. But next week, you're not going to be bored because you're going to knowledge. <laughs> have you been to Nolan? Have you been? That, was, that was a funny one. That was that, good. That, that, if, that was good. Yeah, listen to the end of last. You didn't uh, have a lot of time, but you still like you just bathed in an SNL bath there at the end of that. Yeah, listen episode. to the end of uh, yesterday's podcast. To so otherwise, you'll just not really understand what's happening. Would okay. you please not break the old podcast <laughs> before we build the new well, podcast? Well, go ahead and, while I fix this current podcast. Go ahead and tell them about the old podcast. I mean, the new podcast. I won't. I, what I am going to tell them about is <laughs> Why that. Not? Because, well, we are getting a new podcast. We're having yeah. a double flying V keyboard. We are. <laughs> We're going to call it the Dopio V. Dude, man, this thing is <laughs> Andrew. The mics are breaking down here, man. Yeah, it's okay. Keep, um, keep bantering. I, what I want to talk about is the Gen Conference because we'll be at the Gen Conference this time next week. Uh, we'll be at booth 718. If you're in Nolens, yeah. come by and visit us. Peter is uh, giving a keynote address on Tuesday the 7th at 3 p.m. at the Foster 2 Room. We're doing a live... Think FDR <laughs> wrapped up with Casey Neistat in this key. That's it's, what's going to be happening. I don't want to oversell Low, it. Bro. I don't want to oversell it. Uh, I hope we have a piano there in case I panic. I'm just going to start <laughs> playing piano. <laughs> we're going to do a live, you'll hear it recording, uh, yes. Thursday the 9th at 3.30 p.m. at the Strand 3 Room. Come by for some, you'll hear it, swag, some open studio swag uh, we're going to do a Q&A episode yeah so. you might even end up on a you'll hear it episode that'd be right? fun yeah that would be fun yeah we can uh, we can pass the we're mic we're going to be screening for visuals yeah and intellect visuals yeah you got to look right and you got to be asking the right thing Ooh, all right well, well you know? wear your Sunday best we'll, we'll check what local laws allow in terms of our evaluation but we're looking forward to that. We're looking forward to meeting a bunch of you. Uh, we've both been meeting people in our travels the last few months, this whole last decade. But we haven't really been out with our people this decade yet. Dude, I was at a urinal and someone was like, you'll hear it. And I was <laughs> like, that's weird. Super awkward. Yeah. Uh, we have a fun speak pipe uh, today. This is from this is a holdover from when we had the speak pipe open. Speak pipe is closed. Closed down. Shut her down. This is from John. Okay. Hey, Adam. Hey, Peter. This is John from California. Um, I know you guys are pretty well established as musicians now, but I would love to hear some horror stories from the past, um, maybe some of the most disastrous or embarrassing moments that you guys have had on stage at a gig, um, or just some of the biggest mistakes you guys made when you were younger. So hopefully people like me can learn from it. Thank you. Bye. That's a great question. This is gonna be a long episode. I know. There's, you know what? There's a. I have a ton. Tell your of, kids to stay in vacation uh, camp or whatever. <laughs> no, I have a ton of stories. I think anytime you're young and coming up, you have a, a wild cocktail of hubris, yeah, <laughs> uh, overconfidence, and vodka, <laughs> and and uh, naive naivete, where you do some dumb stuff on stage, off the bandstand, and I have some good ones, man. Like. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is <laughs> I'm, I'm liking it already. I mean, anytime, 
anytime I was playing with like an older musician or whatever, and I got a little too big for my britches, especially if they were guys like Willie Aikens or something yeah. like that, he would just turn around and say, tacit. Yeah. And that was so embarrassing. I bet he didn't say tacit so gently like you're he saying. didn't say it gently he no. was he was blowing a cold verbal slap <laughs> solo and he would just be like <laughs> that's right um but actually one of the most embarrassing moments from my youth was i had one of those uh those stools for my my keyboard i was yeah. playing a, i was i think 16 and i was playing a gig at the casino saint charles mm. i know jealous <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so i brought my keyboard and i had one of those little keyboard stools you know it's like a bench i have one now yeah. actually but i had left it i was on the way and i had a uh, pickup truck at the time and I didn't put the tonneau cover back on and it started raining and it was raining on my bench it was a long gig it was like six hours long I was also a very big boy I was a 280 pound teenager I was you know pre-keto Adam right and we, we, don't, to, we didn't used to call you big guy for nothing we get to the fourth set the stool had been wet. I think something with the particle board had Ooh. it had broken down Ooh. somehow. And also, I had just gone to the commissary to eat a bunch of <laughs> toasted ravioli. And TRs. We're on the stage. And it was like a proper stage and with lights and everything. And I sit down, <laughs> and there's a crowd, and the keyboard bench fails. That, that Structural failure. That particle board is, is water-soluble. And I just went down hard. Ooh, and and it was so embarrassing, man. Ooh. All right. Well, I thought I had some good embarrassing stories, but they don't they, they're not like, you know, slap as slapstick as that. Perhaps. Sorry, I, I went big on the first although one, I have. You know what? I've uh, a couple times I've almost like been on tight stages. That's always a thing. Even if the particle board is not falling apart, you know, the piano bench at the, at the Village Vanguard, the piano where it's normally set up, you're within inches from going into the lap of one of the patrons. There. Yeah. yeah There's yeah, a fine yeah. line between swinging out with the band and being in the lap of a Japanese tourist. You know, it only thing. takes one close call for you to really <laughs> check where the end of that, that exactly. uh, you know, where the, the feet are at the yeah, edge of the stage. Exactly. You know? um, but no, one thing, you know, I, I actually, you know, all joking aside, I, I like embarrassing moments. And I like the way you described it as like having a lot of hubris and then going down. It's like the whole classic, oh. like you're up high and then you're knocked back down, you know, because if you're kind of meek and quiet, it, it's never going to be that embarrassing because you're not even noticed in the of first course. place. You got to be cocky and then get knocked and down. That's, that's the I mean, best. that's that is the best. That's that's the only way to get knocked down yeah. properly is to be super confident going in and then just, you know, but really like there's been a lot of like learning experiences. I think, I mean, when For you're sure. younger and it's like, oh, you're embarrassed. But like those are the things that really get you to the point um, where you're, you know, kind of learning something and they're memorable and they usually kind of slap you into action. So the one that first came to mind was um, I was playing with Steve Kirby, great bassist from St. Louis, and I was in high school, but I was on the younger side. I think I was like a freshman, but he used to have this regular gig at a, uh, and I forget the name of it. I can picture it. it was like a storefront kind of bar club, almost like a Thurman's, but in Soulard. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we do it like with Chris Cheek because Chris Cheek, great saxophonist from St. Louis to him and Steve were roommates and I play with them. But they were older than me. Like they were, you know, four or five years older and could really play. Steve was probably a little older than that. And I could like barely play. Um, like if everything was perfect and I knew the tune and I was feeling good, I could, right. I could sound okay, you yeah. know. But, it, you know, you throw anything off. And so the main thing with playing with Steve Kirby was there's no drums. And so, like, Steve was and still is. I just saw him and heard him in New York. It's like a super solid yeah. bass player. Huge note. Huge note. So, yeah. like, I'm playing with him. Everything's going good. And then all of a sudden, I solo. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling good. And then all of a sudden, it's time for him to solo. So there goes the bass line. And there goes the time as well. Because I had no idea how to. Now, that's a difficult thing. Oh I've gosh. just figured it out. But, like, how to accompany a good bass player when there's no drums. And, I mean, I, I, just, I still remember, like, 
just the feeling of embarrassment. Now, most people weren't even listening. It probably didn't matter. But in my mind, it was like the most, it was like I was stripped down and naked in my, in my underwear in front of the audience. That's a that great moment. lesson. That's a great lesson. Yeah. Uh, I have a good, and uh, hopefully this will ring true for you that maybe you've been in similar scenarios. But when you're on a bill, like a multiple bill, and you're just not the right fit, like you're <laughs> the one that's not the right fit. Right, right. So playing a gig with uh, the lovely Erin Bodie, who we yes. both have worked with. Yeah. Uh, I worked with her for a long time. And Erin, you know, is a she has this, her own style. And she's very, she looks really good at her thing. Yep. And it's a very straight ahead uh, not straight ahead jazz, but like Nora Jones-ish is who yep. she gets compared to, like a pop sound, and she's got a very pure, straight voice. Yep. Um, but it's very like um, pleasant and kind of an innocent sound, right? Yep. We were on a festival here in St. Louis, and we were sharing a bill with Murphy Lee, who's in Nelly's <laughs> crew, the rapper Nelly yeah. from St. Louis. Yeah. And then there was another group who were also like, you know, like a St. Louis, like f pretty hardcore uh, uh, hip hop group, like two two dudes. They were both uh, big fat guys, and they were on right before us. Uh, they had no shirts on. They were probably <laughs> three hundred pounds each. They were dancing around the stage. Did they sit on a particle board piano bench by any chance? That no, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> but they were not funny people. <laughs> they were were they packing? like just tattooed <laughs> everywhere and just like really aggressive sounding music. Right? They were the opposite of Air Bodies and the complete opposite of what we were. What was about to culturally happen. and musically. And so the crowd is with them, and they have the crowd, and it was like you know like mm. like that trap kind of thing. Yeah. It was like really loud. And then we get up with our Nora Jones set. Now, that alone is enough to cause panic, right? Yeah. But there was a local DJ hosting, emceeing the event. And so as we're getting set up, she is introducing Aaron. And she's like, now, she starts by, she starts by saying, now, listen up. You're about to hear some quality jazz. Ooh, and I want you to learn something. Oh, no. Like, no. she starts, like, yelling at the kids yeah. to quiet down and pay attention. <laughs> right. You're going to appreciate this music. Yeah. And it's time to go to school. I was like, I think we should bail. They're going to throw batteries at us. <laughs> like, yeah. this is not going to. I, I just turned to the drummer, who is my uh, friend, Danny Shearer, who um, lives in New York now. But I just turned to him and I was like, hit the drums as hard as you can. Whatever you do. Yeah, just yeah. Hit, do not play jazz. Yeah, whatever just you do. hit <laughs> the snare drum as hard as you can. Yeah. Uh, and it ended up being OK. Um, but it was like, man, that was disastrous yeah now was nelly was not involved though it was just a murphy lee so murphy lee was headlining and he didn't show up murphy didn't nope. oh well there you go yeah yeah fun fact nelly's a a distant relative of, of yours truly here so i'm glad you didn't disparage my family any further i love them i love i love murphy lee i think they're both great <laughs> just Come not the right situation there was right. not the right situation. got it um okay can i i was my the, the story that that actually brought up like for me not that i haven't had embarrassing other situations but that's Duo with Steve Kirby always, you know, but that did get me like that whipped me into shape as far as I didn't figure it out, but I knew I had to figure out how to play in that situation. That's why I love those kind of things is like how you're going to survive, you know. Oh, I got a really good one after this. Oh, no, why don't you go ahead, actually, because my next one isn't that great. Are you tying your shoe? Yeah, I'm tying my boot. That's important for when you're on a podcast. Sorry. So I was. <laughs> yeah, uh, one foot out the door. I was just thinking. I was just thinking. So uh, this is a great, horrible uh, gig horror story. So I was living in New York and. A friend of mine, uh, this tenor saxophone player, Matt Parker, got a gig at a wedding upstate New York, and it paid really well, and so he put a group together, and we all went up there, and the deal was is we were going to play, like, New Orleans-style, like, you know... Nolens style Was it New Orleans or Nolens-style? It, it was, like, style? trad jazz style, right? Yeah, uh, Nolens. Like, yeah, <laughs> and 
I'm trying to remember this right, but from what I can remember, we played and it did not go well. We played the processional music and they were not happy. Yeah. And apparently the groom had booked us and didn't tell his wife that she would be walking down the aisle to like trad jazz. <laughs> <laughs> How do people, I mean, it's like the most important day of their life, you think. How do they get themselves in that situation? I hope I remember that. But I just remember just the look of horror on the family's faces. That yeah. Was, if you don't know trad jazz is coming at you, <laughs> it can be a jarring experience. That's right, right. Yeah. Well, I'll just close out the stories on this one because just, I just thought of it. We were hired. We had a little band when we were in high school, um, a little jazz band, and we didn't know a lot of tunes, and everything we knew was kind of modern or funk, basically. Mm. We, we, would, we did some gigs, like kind of party gigs and stuff. This is when you could still do that, like private gigs, people's basements and stuff, and we knew enough like funk and, and current R&B pop songs to get a to get through the gig, even though we didn't have a singer, so we had to go straight instrumental on that. Oh. But we knew some like Stevie Wonder stuff and Good like enough. hits of the day. Yeah. Um, but we had a big hole, and that was anything like before 1961, or we maybe knew a little bebop, but that wasn't gonna be that valuable. But we got this gig for a high school reunion, and we're like stupid kids. We don't like know what decade or what age. We're just like, wow, we got a gig. We didn't even know what it. Pay. We never knew what any gig paid. We just, we just wanted to play so bad, sure. you know. And so it turned out it was through like one of the guys in the band's dad or somebody called and was like, oh, I heard they have a band. Can they play for this high school reunion? And it was for University City High School. Mm. So we're like, cool. We kind of culturally know what's happening. We go to school there. So it turned out it was like the 50th high school reunion. So at that time in Glenn the Miller. 80s, Yes, exactly. Yeah. That would put it back in. So they were like, oh, I heard they play jazz. Yeah, cool. Yeah, we play jazz. Not their kind of jazz. We didn't play. Mm -hmm. um, so we get there, and, you know, they're as hostile as you can be at an older age. But, you know, the hostility level can get there. Jeff Anderson was actually playing bass with us that evening. Even though he was a lot old, he kind of saved us. Because we didn't even know. We're like, what do they want to hear? Like, uh, like, we didn't even really know jazz anyway. Yeah. But we definitely didn't know, like, But he knew Big enough to, like, yeah. guide you to, like, maybe you should oh, play like in Jerry the mood. This is, like, Jerry Davenport, Chris Tom. Yeah, so that's what we did. We played in the mood the whole night. Because ah. it's like a blues. And it was the only. We didn't even really know it. And he's, like, playing the melody for Jeremy oh from the bass. You know? I would pay so but much money kinda, to see a video oh, of man. you, Jeremy Davenport, and Jeff Anderson playing oh, in the it, mood. Oh, it was it was really Dave Berger was playing drunk. I mean, it was a disaster, and uh, we we barely got out of there with our life. And but you know, you you live and you learn. We should do another one of these soon because I have so much more. Yeah. This could be a, a whole thing. There's so many great ones. That's right. That, That's right. You know, more you talk about. It. Well, um, next week. We're going to, can we still say it or have we gone yet? No, we haven't gone yet. We haven't gone yet. We're going to? Nolens. Nolens. <laughs> We're going to New Orleans, Louisiana. We're getting crawdads and skeeters. We're going to New Orleans. Is New Orleans. New no, Orleans. you do not say it. So We're going to New Orleans, from? Louisiana. New Orleans. We'll be at the Gen Conference there. We'll be at booth 718. Come by and say hi. You make it sound so generic. Booth 718 in the. We'll be at booth 718 in sector <laughs> 2. <laughs> Uh, no, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. But there's time. some great, you see the lineup of Chucho Valda is going to be there. I'm like, whenever he's in the city Ooh, or the building, we try to get the music is Chucho elevated. Valdez. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. All right. So until then, go here. by our booth in Sector 3, uh, Section 173, Booth 718. Hello, my name is Peter Martin. I am a... Have I arrived at Booth 718? To use syncopation, simply... Uh, 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 uh.
Uh. Yo, that doesn't sound right. You'll hear it. 